everyone. Have you ever felt like church really wasn't necessary? Maybe you've gotten away from going to church because you're so busy. Life is pulling you in a million different directions. Maybe you feel like it's not relevant to your life anymore. Or I could just do it online, right? And maybe even after the chaos of COVID, you have just decided like it's just too hard or you haven't really made your way back to church. Or maybe you've been hurt by church. Maybe you're listening and someone in the church, maybe even a leader of the church, has hurt you in some way or another. And you're having a really hard time even wanting to go back. Welcome to What's the Bible Say? I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rebecca. And today our question is, is it important to go to church? So we're going to look at what does the Bible say about it? Why is it important? And how are we going to apply what we learn from the Bible to our lives? Yeah, before I became a Christian, Rebecca, I could probably count on one hand how many times I went to church in my adult life. But after Jesus saved me, he changed me. And I went to church two, three, four, four, five times a week, every day of the week. It didn't matter to me because I wanted to be there. It wasn't like it's something I had to do. It wasn't this legalistic checkbox that I had to like check a box and say I went. No, I wanted to, to be with the people of God. I wanted to study the word of God. And I wanted to know more about this God who had radically changed my life. But the reality is, is that sometimes people get away from going to church. Even some of the most faithful ardent believers get away yes. from going to church. Yes. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are no longer going to church. And of course, church is not perfect. And there's a lot of ways to find fault with the church. But what does the Bible say? That's what we're going to look at. And while scripture gives us many reasons to go to church, today we're going to look at three of them. And the first one is really clear. It tells us that we're not supposed to forsake or neglect the assembling of ourselves together. Yeah, that's one of the verses in scripture that many people have read, many people are familiar with. And what I love is it's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. But in verse 24, the writer of Hebrews is talking to the Hebrew people and, he, and the Hebrew Christians. And he's, he's saying we need to stir each other up to good works. And ultimately, he's saying the same thing to us. We need to stir each other up mm -hmm. to good works. And then he goes on to say, not forsaking or not neglecting the meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching or drawing near. Yeah, so we are supposed to gather together for instruction. It's something that God calls us to do, not like you had said, Stephanie, like some kind of rule, but as something that he wants us to do for our benefit, to encourage each other. You know, I love this super cool analogy. I read it in Robbie Gallaty's book, Growing Up, and he talks about the sequoia forest over, I don't think it's actually called the sequoia forest, but in California, the sequoia trees, and they're like 250 feet tall. Some of them have been alive for 1,500 years. They're supposedly, some people say, they're the largest living thing on this earth. Wow. And people think, well, I thought, Oh, their roots must be super deep. No, their roots are only four feet deep, really. But the reason they're so strong and they can withstand the winds and the rain, the sequoia trees intermingle their roots and that's what gives them their strength, which to me is such a beautiful picture and an analogy of the body of Christ. We were not meant to do this life alone and uh, the sequoia trees are a great example for us 
because we're supposed to be together. Yeah, I remember I read growing up too, and I remember reading that analogy thinking that is such a powerful and beautiful illustration yeah. of the body of Christ. So number one is pretty easy because God says so. Um, let's look at the second reason, which yeah. is because it's a testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I look back on my life and how God has changed me. And it reminds me in 1 John 3, 4, when it says, we know we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. And that became a reality for me. And that verse is what helped to prove to me that I really did know God. I love that verse. That's so Yeah, good. and, and that's, that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a testimony to us, but it's also a testimony to the world. You know, Jesus changes us when he saves us. And... And it's a significant evidence of your salvation. So some of you, if you're struggling with your salvation, as Rebecca has just shared, mm -hmm. this is kind of one of the things the Lord used to show her. And maybe it will be something the Lord uses to show you that, that you don't have to struggle anymore. You know, you know you've passed from death to life because you love the brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ. And I love hanging out with them. And what I what I love is that we go from becoming strangers to becoming family. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what culture you come from. It doesn't matter your socio or economic background. We love each other. This, this beautiful thing Jesus does for the church, he breaks down the walls that separate us, that have previously Amen. separated us. Mm -hmm. We are no longer strangers. We are family. We are no longer alone in this world. We, we become part of a body. So we love being together. We're family that. and we're a body. 1 Corinthians 12, 20 says, But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Yes, and it's kind of hard for a hand to be all by itself without being connected to the arm. Right, so, right. You don't see the hand out there all by itself, just functioning yeah. on its own. No, it's connected to the body so it can function well. So, yeah, as a testimony to yourself mm -hmm. and also to the world, what Jesus has done in your life and that oneness, that beautiful oneness that he gives us who are eternally his. That's right. And it's also, the third one is, it's where our connections and our care happen best, which is also why it matters. In the New Testament alone, the phrase one another is used 100 times, yeah. and 47 of those are specific commands or instructions to believers on how we're supposed to interact and how we're supposed to treat one another. Yeah, I think about all of those one another's, and it's a great study. So if you've mm -hmm. never done that, I want to encourage you to study the one another's in oh, Scripture. But um, look at like Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, serve one another. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another. Mm -hmm. John 13, 14 says, wash one another's feet. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, comfort one another. First, um, Colossians 3.13, bear with one another. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's kind of <laughs> hard to do all that, to care for, serve, bear one another's burdens, be devoted to one another, wash each other's feet, comfort one another, and bear with one another if you're not connected to the body. If you've disconnected right. yourself, then it's kind of hard to do all of those things. Colossians 3.16 says it this way, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Yes. So we're supposed to gather together, according to this verse, to worship and to sing together. And is there anything more beautiful and more inspiring than gathering with a group of believers and all singing worship to God? And it helps us to grow in our faith. It helps us to realign 
realign and refocus. I think of it like this, like church is actually not the game. It's not the game of life. Church is actually like the huddle. Like, can you imagine a football team that never huddled up, that never like reminded each other what you're supposed to be doing and, and how to accomplish the goal and what you're after and ways that you're going to do it? That's kind of like what church is. It's where we huddle together to encourage and remind each other. And it's such a powerful thing. It's where we discover our spiritual gifts, where we use our spiritual gifts. If you have accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, then God gave you a spiritual gift yes. to use among the body and where we can use our natural gifts that he gave us to help um, in, impact our communities and to reach the world. So it's a powerful place. It, it is. It's very powerful to to go to church, to be with your body. I've heard people say, you don't have to go to church because you are the church. But if, mm -hmm. if you are the church, then you want to gather with other believers That's who are right. also the church. And so we do mm -hmm. that. It's a, somebody said it's a holy huddle. You know, <laughs> yeah. when you break, it's like game on, let's go, that's you know. Right. And that's how I feel church is. And I, I remember seeing this really cool illustration. It was a picture of a lion and he was stalking a, a herd of wildebeest. Mm. And he was like, you know, on pursuit of his prey. But the lion didn't go after that herd that was gathered together. It went after the straggler and the wanderer, oh. the one that was all by itself. And wow. so that's the one that it hunted down. Right. And the reason he, it did that is because in the pack, there's strength. Like he said about the sequoia that's tree, right. you know, rooted together. In the pack, they help defend one another. And alone, they're more weak and more vulnerable to attack. And so when Christians distance themselves from the herd, from our herd, you know, mm -hmm. um, the body of believers around us, there's a general pattern that happens to start taking place that kind of weakens them and makes them vulnerable as prey. And the, the first one is the their time in the Word of God is drastically diminished. And, and the second one is their faith is weakened. And because you know, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So therefore right. their faith is weakened. And then their perspective is impaired because they're not seeing things clearly. And then their convictions are compromised. So they become prey for the enemy's attack right. time and time again when they distance themselves from the local right. body. Which is what Satan loves to do. Mm -hmm. He loves to isolate and that's when he loves to attack. So these are all of these things are really also why it matters. Yeah, yeah. And I just like to share one other reason why it matters. Of course, getting in, you know, prepared for our time together. Mm -hmm. I did some research and a recent Pew Research study, along with other studies that were out there, statistics that were out there, they tell us that those who attend church regularly generally have stronger families, stronger mm -hmm. marriages. Um, they're more content. They're happier. They're less depressed. They're less angry. They're more thankful, they're more forgiving, mm. they're more honest, and they make more of a difference in their community. And so absolutely, it definitely matters whether or not we are involved in a local body, not only to us individually, not only to our families, but to the community around us. Yeah, wow, that's a lot of good reasons to go to church. And lastly, I just wanna mention that, it's, I think it's important to say that Going to church does not make someone a Christian any more than going into a garage makes you a car. Okay, we admit that. It's not going to make you be a Christian. But I will say that there are a lot of people who actually get saved and come to know God in church. Just, 
Were you? You got saved in church. church. Super cool. So uh, I teach a ladies Bible class on Sunday mornings and there have been three women just this year that have been coming to church and realized they've never really Mm. accepted Christ and they've gotten saved and which means to invite Jesus to come into your heart and to be your, your Lord. And they, they just, now they love coming to church, which is really interesting. And I'm telling you, it is important, especially if you have children, Mm -hmm. this is a lot of children come to know the Lord in church. And it's where you get your foundation and your understanding of who God is and how they fit in the body of Christ. Yeah. So there are really a lot of good reasons to go to church. Uh, We've only been able to name a few, but, but there are a lot, right? There are. So, well, let's kind of wrap this up and let's talk about, let's just talk about four ways of how we can apply this to our lives. So what can we do, Stephanie? Okay. So number one, I would say evaluate what it is that's been keeping you from connecting or reconnecting with the local body of believers. You need to kind of look at that and evaluate what it is. And I just want to say, if you've been hurt by the church, mm-hmm. and I know many of you have, and and I just want to say, I am I'm so sorry about that. I mean, it grieves me when um, someone's been hurt by the church. But if you have been hurt, don't let that stop you. Find somebody that you trust that can walk you through biblically how to handle that hurt, so that you can understand how you can deal with it and find healing, and that you can become of a Bible-believing, healthy church. Yeah, and that's so important that you said that, Rebecca, because what others have done to you isn't a reflection of God's love for you. It's just their failure to follow God well. And, you know, the church is full of a lot of people, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people who don't know the Lord yet, a lot of people who do, but they're just kind of on that journey. Like you said, they're not perfect people. Um, They're on that journey, too, and they're going to fail because they're flawed, but we serve a flawless God. That's right. And a flawless Savior. So that's that's who we look to. So yeah, one, evaluate, but then second, examine. Mm -hmm. What's really important in this life? Sometimes we need to look at what's important in light of eternity. You know, life is short. Mm-hmm. Eternity is long. And so we need to examine what it is we're spending our time with mm-hmm. that God has given us Good on this point. planet. And we need to see, does that really fit in the category of what's important? Are we kind of whittling away our time mm-hmm. and not focusing in on the eternal? And we need to, if so, we need to make some important decisions. We need yeah. to like take responsibility for our own spiritual growth, our own walk with the Lord, our own faith in God. But we also need to take responsibility for our family's spiritual growth Mm -hmm. and their walk with the Lord as well. Which brings me to number three, which is we need to reprioritize our priorities. Yes, that's so. I just want to thank my parents so much. Mm -hmm. They they did this. We... We had a very busy, full life, like all of you do, and my family's very sports-minded. If you know me, you know my family. But church always had priority, mm-hmm. and all my, all of our coaches, all we had five kids in our family. All of the coaches knew if you had practice on Wednesday night or during church time, we weren't, we weren't going to be there. And I just appreciate their stability in that, their commitment to that. It was never a question of, are we going to church today, Dad? We knew. It mm-hmm. wasn't even a question. It was a priority, and I'm so grateful for that. It's, it's made me who I am. Yeah, and it's, it's laid the foundation for you and how you relate to other people. And it's a beautiful illustration yes. of what it looks like when the family takes that responsibility yeah. seriously. Yeah. Um, and then, so number four would be, I would just say, 
be like Nike and just do it. I mean, some things you just have to do. Some things you just have to kind of just say, I'm making a decision. This is for not only my best interest, but my family's best interest. Yeah. And in light of eternity, this is going to matter a whole lot more than that ball game or that, you know, event or going to grocery store in the morning or whatever it is. Yeah. So be like Nike and just do it. That's right. And too, let me just say this too. Not all churches are equal. Mm -hmm. Make sure that it's a Bible-believing church that you're attending because that can make a big, big difference. Yes. So, well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you heard something that you appreciated or you might um, think of somebody that could benefit from this, then please, by all means, share it. And we would so appreciate if you would write a review. And um, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a single episode. And uh, we would love to connect with you. You can find us all kinds of places on our Facebook page, on our YouTube channel. They're called What's the Bible Say? And also we have our website, which is what's the bible say.org we have resources on there for you free resources and it's a place you can kind of get to know a little bit more about us you can find us on spotify and apple podcasts and so thank you so much and let's just leave you with this last thought uh, remember this don't forsake the assembling of yourself together and so much more as you see the day approaching because the day is approaching so until next time.